The Hebrew scripture reading comes from several verses in the book of Numbers, chapter 11. Please listen to God's word. Now the rabble that was among them had had a strong craving, and the people of Israel also wept again and said, Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up, and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. Moses heard the people weeping throughout their land, everyone at the door of his tent. And the anger of the Lord blazed hotly, and Moses was displeased. Moses said to the Lord, Why have you dealt ill with your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight, that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Did I conceive all those people? Did I give them birth that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing child to the land that you swore to give to their fathers? Where am I to get the meat to give to all these people? For they weep before me and say, give us meat that we may eat. I am not able to carry all these people alone. The burden is too heavy for me. If you will treat me like this, Kill me at once, if I find favor in your sight, that I may not see my wretchedness. Then the Lord said to Moses, Gather for me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tent of meeting, and let them take their stand there with you. So Moses went out and told the people the word of the Lord, and he gathered seventy men of the elders, and the other people, and placed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him, and took some of the spirit that was on him, and put it on the seventy elders. As soon as the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not continue doing it. Now two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad, and the other named Eudad, and the spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent. And so they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses from his youth, said, My Lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading is from the book of James, chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed, Pray fervently that it might not rain, and for three years 
and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wonders from the truth, and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will, from his wandering, will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. I'm about to say something that I'm pretty sure most of you will agree with me on. This world is broken. We've broken it. We invited sin into the world, and now the world is broken. People hurt people. People get sick. Some people have plenty, while others don't have enough. The systems of the world favor people of some races over others. Violence is allowed in our communities. When we're faced with injustice, with illness, poverty, other signs of brokenness in the world, our first reaction is often to speak out in anger against them. But we are called in James to turn not to our own anger, but to God. Are you in trouble? James asks. Then pray. Are you sick? Have the elders come lay hands on you and anoint you with oil. Now, this doesn't mean that God is like the genie in Aladdin, some friendly wish granter who will always answer prayer in the way we expect. Sometimes God heals us miraculously. Often, God heals us through the hands of capable doctors and nurses who have been gifted by God to heal in practical, scientific ways. Sometimes, we don't really see the answer to our prayers. Other times, we simply miss it because we are stubborn, broken people. I can't remember where I first heard this story, but it's a great illustration of how God doesn't always swoop in and change things for us in the way that we expect. There once was a man on his roof. He was on his roof because there was a great flood and the waters had covered most of his house. He sat on the roof and he prayed and prayed and prayed that God would save him. And after some time in prayer, a boat came along and pulled up to the house. Get in, the man in the boat shouted to the man on the roof. And the man on the roof said, no, I have prayed that God will save me from the flood and I have faith that God will save me from the flood. And so the man in the boat shrugged and moved along. A little while later, after the water had risen even more, the man on the roof had prayed diligently again. Another boat pulled up to the house. Hurry, shouted the man in the boat. The waters are still rising. I'll take you to safety. But the man on the roof said, no, I'm all right. God will save me. I've been praying. He refused to get in the boat. And so the man in the boat had no choice but to move on and save other people. 
Finally, the waters swirled too high. They came up over the roof of the man's house, and he was swept away, and he drowned. He found himself face to face with God. And God said, welcome home. But the man was angry at God. God, he said, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed that you would save me from the flood. And yet I died. And God said, buddy, I sent two boats and you refused to get in. The man prayed, expecting God to rescue him one way. But God didn't work the way he expected. The man expected some sort of miracle, some angels swooping in to remove him from the roof or the waters to miraculously recede. But God worked through regular people in boats. We often pray expecting God to release us from our troubles or to heal us in a certain way. And our passage from James talks about healing and wellness and forgiveness, but it doesn't say that those things always look the way we expect them to look. If we pray with all our might, expecting one specific miracle, we may miss the boat. Sometimes we're praying for a boat so hard that we miss the helicopter. Sometimes we have to recognize that we have the power and the influence to be the boat for other people. James says to pray. James says that God offers healing and forgiveness. But what James doesn't say is that it's always in the form we expect or that we will never have to do the hard work of being an answer to prayer for someone else. More than once, I've prayed with people in the hospital who passed away just hours later. Does that mean that God didn't heal them? Of course not. They are home with God now. They are resting in the arms of our Lord. You don't get any more healed than that. We certainly grieve their loss here on earth, but they are healed for good. We all have struggles, many of them lifelong. But that doesn't mean God hears our prayers any less. That doesn't mean that God is punishing us by not offering the healing or the answer that we expect. We were sitting in our backyard around the fire pit one fall evening with friends a few years back when the kids were younger. And Gloria popped her head out of the back door with that look on her face. Parents, you know the look. She said, hey, um, hey, mom, Levi and I were wondering something. Could, could we use the umbrellas? And I looked up at the clear sky and I asked, uh, why? Well, we were going to have a sword fight. Now, of course, I said no to this request. It showed trust and confidence that Gloria was open enough to even ask such a thing. And I didn't say no to the request because I was mad at her or because I wanted her to trust me more or as a punishment. I said no, because someday it's going to rain. And when it rains, we're going to be grateful to have umbrellas that aren't bent and full of holes from a sword fight. I was looking to the future when all the kids could see was a bucket full of really great swords by the door. We do not always have the full picture of how God is working in the world for redemption and restoration We don't always have the full picture of what's going on in our own situations. 
This is a messy, broken world. And a messy, broken world it will be until Jesus comes again and the whole of creation is redeemed. Even us, us Christian people, are messy and broken. Sometimes we miss boats because we're waiting for some sort of miraculous teleport to dry ground or for an angel to swoop in and scoop us up. Sometimes we don't bother asking because we're sure God will say no. Sometimes we lose faith in prayer because God hasn't answered in the ways we expect when we've asked before. But if we look at examples of great prayer in the Bible, we can see that it's not God, it's us. We're the broken ones. So James says that if we're in trouble, we should pray. But he doesn't go about, or he doesn't say that we go into it giving God a prescription for how to respond to that trouble. James says that when we're not in trouble, when things are good, we should make sure to tell God that things are good. Prayer isn't just for when things are bad. And when we're sick or injured, we don't have to pray alone. In fact, we shouldn't pray alone in those times. We are supposed to rely on the prayers of our community and our church leaders, remembering that healing and wholeness come in a variety of different shapes and sizes from a variety of different means. So when we are in trouble, when we are sick, when we are frustrated, scared, beat down, tired, worried, angry, or hurting, we turn to God in faith and trust, knowing that our prayers are heard, but remembering that God is not a genie granting wishes. While we don't know how God will respond to our prayers for healing, for deliverance, for help, we don't know, and we continue to not know until we ask. So this morning, as a community, we ask. We're going to spend a few minutes at the prayer stations that I've set up, that I described earlier, so that we can pray together for our church and for our world. This will not take the place of our prayers of intercession later. We will still have our prayers of the people. But rather, this is an extra time of reflection of prayer and of meditation, and so let this time of prayer set the tone for the rest of your week. I'm going to play some um, quiet music in the background. You can move around to the stations as you are led. You do not have to get to all of them. You do not have to go in any particular order. I'm not going to count you off into groups. We're going to let the Holy Spirit figure that out and let you listen to that. Again, um, Nancy and I will be around to bring things to you if you're having trouble moving around this morning, and um, I will be available for individual prayer with you all as well. Let us pray.